is BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care. I've been smoking. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man sure. needs a doctor. Yeah. I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with the. We're not gonna lead. Uh, no. And one of the projects that I worked on early in my career was I went to Peru and was filming a, a series of lines that are drawn in the sand in the desert of Peru. And I got into trouble because the local authorities accused me and my helicopter of blowing away the sand oh, and ruining sure. oh, man. Uh, the Nazca lines. The problem is the Nazca lines are some of them are over 2000 years old. They are, they're gigantic drawings, perfectly shaped. One of them is a condor, which is actually the symbol, the national symbol of Peru is that condor. It's just a lot. It's just a line in the sand. And the local authorities lied and said that my helicopter blew away the sand. And so everyone who was working on the commercial was locked up in prison. Oh shit! Oh. On the spot, no questions asked, and I was next. I was the last one still walking around, and anyone who wasn't in jail had already fled the country. Who was working on this cell phone commercial, except for me. I just wasn't smart enough to flee the country. Oh no! So, as I was uh, waiting to be murdered and/or put in jail uh, and have all of my cameras stolen, um, someone came to my rescue. And had no reason to, to try to save me or get me out of this mess I had gotten myself into. I, I literally, in that moment, was public enemy number one in Oof. Peru. Yeah. Bad, and yeah. bad person to be. <laughs> not, it was not good. And I don't speak the language, so uh, I couldn't even begin to talk my way out of it. Yeah. Not only could I not escape the town where I was about to be arrested, I couldn't even get out of the hotel I was in. The yeah. people in the hotel wouldn't, wouldn't let me leave. Oh, my God. So you're, you're like a prisoner without officially being a prisoner. <laughs> I was. And I called the U.S. Embassy, and they were flabbergasted Uh-oh. to know that, I, that the guy on the front page of the national newspaper was calling for help. <laughs> and They're like, don't get us involved. <laughs> what did you do? They, they said, I'll never forget it. The lady at the embassy said, do you have any idea how much trouble you're in? Oh, and man. so oh. we went through it and uh, talked about it. And she told me how much trouble I was in. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, how can you guys help me? And she said, we can't do anything for you. All we can do is document whatever they do to you. Oh, my God. That's Jeez. great. That's, yeah, yeah, it's was, not... Not very, uh, not looking very good if that's the outcome. We're going to sit back, watch, and write down some uh, facts about what they do to you. Oh, man. I I was so uh, scared and depressed. And 
as the walls were closing in, uh, a stranger who's a dignitary in Peru came to my rescue and got me out of uh, harm's way, took care of every problem that I had created. And all of the authorities, even the hotel bill wasn't a problem once this dignitary got involved. And um, she had no reason to do that. I mean, she really had every reason to let me rot in prison. And, but she rescued me. And I think if there's one thing that people will, will learn from the book, it's how many times I get myself into trouble by just being dumb. And <laughs> how, how many times I'm sort of saved and, and helped and protected in a way I don't deserve. And I think that's why my friend uh, suggested that we call the book Help From Above. Mm. Uh, yeah, perfect I, title. I, perfect title. I definitely get that theme with you. You definitely feel like you have a guardian with uh, some of the events, especially just in this first book alone. You know, and with yeah, the network of friends you've surrounded yourself with. Mm, yeah. Well, it's it's good to finally start to to tell some of those stories um, because for twenty three years I never told anyone. And the, tor- the story I just told you, my closest friends and family have never heard. Wow. That's crazy. Until they read your uh, book. That until is. they read the it's book. All, it's only in writing the book that I, I ever took even the first step to begin to, to uh, tell those stories to people. Now you got some explaining to do to the family, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a little shocked. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> to say the my, least. Say the my, least. Immediate, my immediate family just kind of stared at me like, what (laughs) how how come how come we didn't know this happened (laughs) yeah it's like you never asked you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. i was i was always a very secretive person um ever since i my career began working in television i never talked to anyone about what i do at work and um so writing the books for me has been a tremendous uh sort of crazy culture shock of of learning how to you know, begin to uh, to just tell the story of what yeah. I've been doing. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And we're glad to have you here, man. Um, welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I'm Jesse. And today we are joined by David Allen Arnold, the man, the myth, the legend, if I could say so. So my name is David Allen Arnold. I'm the helicopter cameraman for Deadliest Catch, The Amazing Race, I've done Super Bowl, World Series, Nat Geo, BBC, every TV network on earth, just about. And uh, I worked in secret for 23 years before even my next door neighbors never had a clue of what I do at work. And now, as you'll find out in book two, uh, now I've, I've had a reason to go public and to start to tell my story. And book one was fantastic. Both Matt and I had the chance to pick it up and, and give it a read. We're, yes. we're texting each other all week, back and forth, uh, pumped about like what we had just read and sharing it with each other. Mm. And, and now we actually get the chance to talk God to the author, which you. is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to talk to you, man. And it's a book that takes you on such a journey. I mean, it goes all over the place. I mean, it's an autobiography that just brings you from like deep in your personal life to these stories of these this crazy job that you have, man. It's wild. Some of these stories about your job alone, you know, and then the contrast about your 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 everyday life. Like, mm-hmm. It's just it's a really cool blend. And I uh, 
I really appreciated that. I think, you know, just humanizing yourself in the book and really diving into like, you know, the, the moments that you really probably had to think twice about putting in the book. Oh, well, God bless you guys. I, I am a huge fan of your show. Ah, thank and you. thank you. <laughs> as, as you know, I don't watch network news. I don't watch CNN. Sorry, mm. CNN. I, I'm not interested. Mm. Um, the news of the world, I pretty much get from your show. Mm-hmm. And I love how, I love how with this amazing bed of music, you guys are always telling a story of like a guy <laughs> who's, who's naked in a tree with a chainsaw. <laughs> and (laughs) you always explain those stories in a way that (laughs) makes sense to him because you know what that you know try and justify it get in their head yeah we gotta figure out he's like of course i'm gonna climb that train with my chainsaw and with no clothes on because i gotta do this thing yeah and and i love (laughs) i love how you tell those stories and that kind of makes me comfortable because I always, in my own life, I do crazy things too. That makes sense to no one else except me. So <laughs> yeah, I who does? I, I love, I love listening to those stories on your show. Thank you. I feel like that's what it is to be human. You know, yeah. it, like people will say you're weird, but you just got to make that decision yep. because it's the one that you feel is right, even if it well, is God, naked in a tree. <laughs> God bless you guys, because CNN, you know, if they covered that story, they would just say, "And a man was found in a tree with no clothes." And a chainsaw, but you guys always go the extra step to go. No, let's let's back up a little bit. Let's yeah, figure out how he got up there. Let's dive into <laughs> that man. We need to see see the larger picture here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, a, I'm sure you've you seen a, a lot of crazy things uh, in in your time behind the camera. Oh, okay. uh, you know, uh, honestly, ev- every day at work. Uh, and on my job is a once in a lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. It's may, maybe that's why I never told people what I do at work because it just wouldn't make sense to them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've flown over uh, one, two, I think I've flown over four presidents. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and by the way, you're not allowed to fly over the president. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah. You need clearance for that. Exclusive oh, yeah. Right. Huh? Yeah. The, the Felt up by the secret for, service real good. <laughs> we had a few we had a few interesting moments. Um mm. the president has a for people who don't know this, the president has a 30 mile ring that goes over his head. Wherever he uh, walks, wherever uh, he drives, yep. it is a 30 mile no fly zone. Nothing flies in that circle. Mm. And I have been in that circle uh more than once. Oh jeez. Usually I have a secret service agent on board the aircraft with a yep. gun who, and his job, if I mean, we, we're just making a TV show, so we're not really doing anything wrong, but his job is, is to take his gun out and kill us all. If we do anything that might harm the president. Yeah. Wow. And Which uh, means taking himself down too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's he's hopping in do. the pilot seat. Part of the job, man. Yeah. I guess yeah, so. I mean, that's talk, talk about a serious job. Uh, that's their, that's their job. They're human shields. And, uh, wow. so, and that's, that's just a typical day at, at the office. For, for what, <laughs> just a typical day. <laughs> like you make said. it sound so casual. Yeah. You must have but, some nerves of steel though, too. Yeah, man. It feels like, or maybe, maybe I'm just not that smart. <laughs> 
You chalk it up to that. I think think you're smarter than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, I think that's the mass (laughs) to the courage right there. You like to say that, but you just got balls of steel, man. (laughs) Well, I I definitely will say this. Um, Writing the book, writing book one, I, I really had to not only learn how to explain what I do, but also accept a little bit and, and talk about the reasons for some of what I do. Um, I had a journalist one day uh, who called and he said, hey, I, Dave, I want to go fly with you on W's Catch and take pictures of you doing, uh, doing the show. And I said, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to take you to the Coast Guard and we're going to put you in a helicopter upside down underwater and you can practice <laughs> getting out of the doors. And he goes, what? And I started to explain to him the, the number of times that uh, people have been killed in that environment. And he said, oh, I, I don't think I want to go. Huh. And now we're just sitting on the, now we're just sitting on the phone and, it, and it's this awkward silence. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, why do you do it? And I thought about it and I'm very clear on why I do it. Um, because I am smart enough to know that a lot of my colleagues have died since my career began doing mm-hmm. what I do. And I'm very clear about why I do it because I, I accept that we're all going to die. Yeah. That's not a question. What's a bigger question. And I think a question that people don't often face or think about is am I really living? Mm. And so tomorrow, if something bad happens to me, don't feel bad for me because I have been living. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you're doing what you want to do. And I mean, it, it all goes into that that story that you like outlined in the book, you know, from your earliest moment as a child with the floating in the crib. You know, like, it's just like, I think you're doing exactly what you need to do for your personality. You know, and a lot of people don't get that chance. I'm really curious about that floating in the crib thing. Um, I I honestly don't know what happened when when I was a teeny tiny little toddler, and I I had this experience of floating out of my crib and going out a window. And if it wasn't for writing this book, I I never would have told a soul that, that that happened. But I, yeah. I am kind of it's a, it's very personal. It's a mm. very personal memory for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the it's, symbolism of it for who you are is just too crazy, man. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I, um, I've had a lot of what you could call magical experiences in my life. A lot of times I have witnesses. So most of the stories in the book involve other people who mm-hmm. experienced, uh, whether it was a message from someone uh, who has died, who uh, sent me a message after their death, um, mm. or or if it was, um, you know, getting out of a dangerous situation that I, I shouldn't have survived. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a, a very sort of blessed life and there's always, has always been an element of, of magic. Yeah. And so I, I hope that, that people can read some of those stories, you know, like when my mom passed away. And uh, not only did I get a message from her after her death, but another person was there and, and saw and heard and felt the message. 
Yeah, that was that like gave me like goosebumps reading yeah. that part because it was just like it. I I could. There's no explanation for yeah, it, right. For it. No, no logical explanation for it, if you will. And well, I'm just kind of amazing. <laughs> well, I I do like to talk in the book about how thick I am, and uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm also skeptical. So I, I'm not I'm not the mm. first person that's going to believe if a ghost is in the room. In fact, right. I'm the last person that will believe it. So, yeah. so when it happened to me, I, I thought, well, how do I disprove this? How do I prove that my mom isn't here because she right. died, you know, months ago? Mm. How do I prove she's not here? And I, and so I, I tried that and, and back was immediate and absolutely crystal clarity that, oh, well, <clears throat> the question I just asked is something that only my mom will know. And she answered it instantly. And so I, I hope that when people see some of those stories, that it will connect in their own life. So that if, if they've lost someone, they might have a little bit of peace to think, oh, okay, well, maybe my, my mom isn't just gone. Or maybe my brother isn't just gone. Maybe he's, he's still in some way is out there. And the love that we shared is, is actually an important thing. And it may be what, if people, you know, are more open to, uh, recognizing signs and stuff like that that they might not yeah. have before after i think so i mm. i definitely did not tell people what to think about that stuff mm. i i steer completely clear of religion and beliefs mm. uh i'll let i'll let them just just sort of feel the story of what happened with my mom or what happened with my friend who was killed in a helicopter crash just let them see minute by minute what happened kind of like watching a movie and then they can decide for themselves. Does it mean anything? Um, does it give them some hope or peace or, or someone that they may have lost? Um, and, uh, and whatever that is, is, is a okay. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell them what they should think about it or what it means. Mm. And you, it, it, it came across very well. I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, the, thank the, you way, very much. the way that you, it, how you described it right there is exactly what I had taken away from it. It's sort of like, it's left up as, as a sort of mystery in a way. Yeah. Good, good. And that's, that's my wish. You know, people who are religious tend to have very strict beliefs about what happens mm-hmm. when you die, things like that. And I, I don't want to step on their toes. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I just, hopefully if, if it helps them to have a little comfort to know of someone else who died, who maybe is in some way still around uh yep. yeah. great that's that's good for them mm. it was it was very well written i have to say and yeah. and what what exactly or what or when i guess did like you decide that you were going to write this uh first book was there something that sort of sparked it off or was it you know kind of leading up to it over the two decades that you know you've been working well, it's, it's a book of untold stories. And for 23 years, I traveled the world and flew over the biggest TV shows and some movies. And I would have taken all of those stories to my grave. Uh, I never told a soul. It would have been a shame. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I guess maybe so. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, because I do think it helps kids today to hear the story of my adventures and my mistakes and to maybe have a little glimmer of hope and say, oh, okay, well, Dave's kind of a knucklehead. So if, if he can fly over the Super Bowl, then maybe I could have a job like that. Right. Uh, and so I, 
I, what happened to me was uh, at a school bus stop in a little town where I live in the mountains above LA, there was some illegal activity. And so I walked over to the guys who were doing bad stuff at the school bus stop. They were grownups. And I asked them what they were doing. And they said, we can't tell you. It's a secret. So picture, <laughs> a, picture a motorcycle gang. Mm-hmm. telling you that and they're they're now suddenly you know there's there's 50 and 60 of them at the school bus stop every day huh. and imagine imagine a guy scariest looking guys that you would ever want to meet telling you that whatever their business is it's secret well that was that wasn't good enough for me i wasn't okay with that and never accepted it and so i i started fighting with them because i made it basically abundantly clear you guys can do your illegal stuff wherever you know be my guess but you can't do it here mm-hmm. this kids gather here every day and i'm not gonna allow that and basically yeah. that started me down a path to to going to war with organized crime and in the process of doing that i wrote a book about it mm-hmm. and someone read the book and said, oh, that's okay. Uh, but I think you have to write another book first. They said, you have to write a book about what, who you are and what you do for a living. So I've done that. So book, that's book one. Mm-hmm. That's where help from above came from. Okay. Uh, but you originally wanted above. to start with book two, really. That book was written first. So I wrote the wow. book about the school bus stop first and i was told to go back and write another book so i did because i I always Mm -hmm. one thing you learn from my books is i always take advice Mm -hmm. and so kind of like you guys you have all this awesome music in your show that someone told you to put music in your show yeah and now you now you have like one of the best podcasts in the world (laughs) well thank you yeah i mean i've always kind of as for as long as i can remember been on that track with advice too is you know Mm -hmm. people are generally trying to help save you the time it took for them to learn that lesson yeah knowledge is flowing everywhere man just fucking tap into it yeah and that's that's actually a painful choice let's be honest it's Mm -hmm. um i have so many stories in my books where someone brings me an idea like that and and i think about it and i go oh crap <laughs> i don't want to do that uh, all right fine i'll do it yep but I, I i know what you said which is they love me and they want me to have greater success than i know how to do so they're they're telling me what that is and because i'm open to that i i find that even with average intelligence i i can achieve great things Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is the story of my career is, is people around me helping me to do better and look better and be better. Mm. And that's great. It's great to have support like that too. Yes. Yeah. If you're open to it, I, I find that a lot of people don't take advice and they suffer, mm-hmm. you know, people are telling them what to do, how to get out of it, how to, mm-hmm. you know, in my case, if it's writing a book. Okay, that's a lot of work. So someone's telling me to go go off and do two years of work, and in my case, tell stories that I've never told. I'm I'm going so far out of my comfort zone, yeah. And yeah. it's a painful thing. It sucks, but because I took it as an act of love when they told me to go write another book, I embraced it, 
and I did the work and it did suck. But now I have a book that for the first time in 23 years tells people what I do for a living. Yeah, it's the it's like the uh the harder road is usually the more uh um successful one. The, yeah. the harder yeah. road could easily have been the title of my book. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I and I'm either, that, and I'm either that or no plans. You could do a no, no plans. plans. Just like you're yeah, uh, absolutely. up on yeah, a beach. You, you, you're <laughs> right about that. Uh my my life is definitely a story of of the harder way and no plans. And um I'm glad that I took the advice to write book one because I really, now that I look back on it, I really feel like my stories of mistakes and miracles and success, I think can help so many people to get out of their comfort zone and stop worrying about, do I have a plan or start worrying about how will this end and just focus on, fuck it. What's the first thing I got to do? Let me just concentrate on that and do that. And that's how I've lived my life. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gotten you some cool fucking places. That's for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. And it concentrates on living, <laughs> man. A lot of cool pictures out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, in terms of listing off just some of the places based off of what you've written in your uh, first book, Los Angeles, uh, the Bering Sea, Peru, as you mentioned in the beginning, New Orleans, you've, you've been like all over the place. Yeah, lots of work in Alaska, and the, the wilderness of Alaska, Oof. where if you stop eating long enough, things things will eat you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've I've been, yeah, I've been to crazy places where we're, we're flying over sharks and filming them, and you know, and I just for a moment, and I look down, I go, hmm, this would be a really bad place to land <laughs> <laughs> in this water. <laughs> Intrusive <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's a reality. And, and I think that it's those intrusive thoughts that people let block them from living a life of their dreams. I, I think mm. that, uh, and regardless of what you think of me, I can honestly tell you that most people are smarter than I am. <laughs> However, you keep hammering this point home. I'm never going to believe you. You keep you're saying just, that, well, man, but I'm seeing a <laughs> like you're, you're, you got, Resume including James Bond and Entourage <laughs> and the X Games and UFC. I mean, it goes on and on. And you're telling me this over and over again. I don't believe it. Well, let, let me give you an example. When we, uh, when I watched the movie The Sixth Sense, I didn't know that there was a dead guy in the movie. <laughs> people, people <laughs> asked me later about the movie, and they were all excited. Oh, this is the best movie! It's such a cool story. I go, I thought it was boring. I don't know what you're talking about. I go, what's boring? Hey, what do you mean? There's, and then they, they said this or that. And I go, uh, what? They go, the dead guy. You don't know about the dead guy in the movie. And I go, he's dead? Well, here's the problem. It was hinted at in the movie. So everyone got, except me. I didn't, no one said that he was dead. So I didn't, I watched the whole movie and I went home. I left the theater. And I didn't know there was a dead guy in the movie. And so that's, that's a good example of how I can walk into a room with 200 people. I'm the only one that won't get the obvious thing that everyone else picks up on. And that's, that's really the story of my life. So if, if I have a success in my life, or if I have a good career, or a great resume, it's not because I'm smart. Sometimes it's because I'm willing to do something that other people won't do. 
Mm, and that may mean it. that may mean flying over sharks. It may mean flying over grizzly bears that will eat you if that if the engine puts in the helicopter. True. Mm. Um and and so I'm glad that I'm now telling that story because I think there are so many people who have greatness in them who are not fulfilling it because they let that little voice of, oh, shit, what happens if the engine quits on the helicopter to stop them from going where they're capable of going? And I'll, I'll tell you this. I, uh, a lot of my friends on Facebook come up to me quietly and go, Dave, holy shit, I can't believe what you wrote on your Facebook. Because I like to bring up controversy on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> and I, I like to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I watch everyone get into a furious, maddening frenzy of, I hate you and screw you. And the F-bombs start flying. And yeah. I didn't vote for that guy. And he's an <laughs> idiot. And I hate this guy. He's a Nazi. And, and what I see that, what I see is a whole lot of people who are living in cubicles and living behind gated communities, perfectly safe. Yep. They, they removed every element of danger from their path. That's cool. That's human nature. You, you, you want to have an easy time. You want to not be killed in your sleep. You want to not be eaten while you're, you're you know, at your office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a backwards kind of way, without realizing it, they actually uh, stifled a very big part of their human spirit. Mm-hmm. which yearns for adventure yep. and a meaningful quest. Yes. And because they don't have that, because that is suppressed, when they see someone on Facebook say something they don't agree with, they go to war. That's their quest. They don't have a fight. <laughs> they don't have a war. That yes. that part of their spirit is just just sick and it's and it's dying and it's, and it's just it's it's looking for a fight. Like and they'll never let themselves the corner, come into harm's way in real life. <laughs> so when they see someone on Facebook say someone they don't agree with, something they don't agree with, they they go to war. Or and and that's actually a healthy thing. It's a sign that they still have it, you know. <laughs> and, and I think that if they read a book like mine, if if they if they learn a story like mine, they may stop what they're doing. And go fuck it. Why am I living this perfect, safe? career and a job that i fucking hate i i you know i'm not passionate about this accounting job you know Mm -hmm. and i and and it may cause them to just for a moment at least just question say oh well what if i quit my job dave quit his job and he still has this amazing life you know maybe maybe i should think about if this job that i i fought so hard to get into and keep myself safe maybe if i if I set that aside, I can actually live a happier, more fulfilling, more adventurous life. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, man. Absolutely. You got to be able to take that risk for happiness uh, and yeah. just, and, pro- and tra- probably just be healthy overall. I mean, yeah. living in a cubicle behind a desk isn't really, I mean, it, hopefully, hopefully people are, you know, getting out and doing things on the weekends if they can, but that's two days a week. I mean, mm. what are you giving up? like most of your weeks to, you know, a 40 hour job. That's just going to yeah. drain your soul. And we're, the, we're the same as like humans from thousands of years ago. So we're literally programmed in our mind to need to do something all day active, like constantly be doing something, you know, like 
and be driven. And like the cubicle thing, it doesn't it doesn't add up to like what we are. You know, it it just I'll, creates depression and 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 bad things. I'll bet you if you ask most people in their cubicles, what do they really want to do? They know it. Like they know if they'll tell what you their what their calling is. Mm-hmm. I think most of them will. I think most of them will usually they there's they think about it every day. Yeah. Um fuck, you know, I I really should write that music. I really should, you know, fuck it, I should just quit this job and just play in a band. I don't you know, who cares if I make money? I'll I'll be making music, I'll be connecting with people in a way that I only I can do. Like they right. know that, but but they they go to that job and work in that warehouse just to pay the bills. And then the the bills and the job become so all consuming and overwhelming, they don't have time to think about the music that mm-hmm. they could be making. Mm-hmm. But it's in the back of their mind. It's, it's burning in, in there. And most people I, I find um, never follow that voice that says, fuck paychecks. Just go do what makes you happy. You know, because even, even your family and your kids will be happier and healthier if you're really living your life. True. You're not just stuck in that grind doing your daily routine that, yeah. that, that takes up all of your time and energy. Um, I mean, look at you guys. How, how did you start your podcast? How did you know you wanted to do that? Well, I was going to say, you know, it, a voice probably is really behind this too. And I mean, it was really Jesse's idea. Jesse had uh, said, you know, we have, we have a lot of fun talking bullshit all the time. We should fucking make a podcast. And I was like, nah, man, come on. What are we going to talk about? He's like, I, I have a feeling people would find us interesting. The stories that we talk about on Xbox Live or over the phone, like, yeah, just hanging out and smoking a blunt. Yeah, so, it just came from like us having our normal conversations and spawned from there, kind of. Yeah, and uh, I've got to say, it's been so fucking rewarding, and uh, it's just it's something I look forward to like all the time. Like we're always working on the show, and, and the uh, people we've met in the process of doing. This I mean, very supportive, been very helpful, yeah. very encouraging. Yeah. I've never heard anyone be like, oh, fuck you. You know, yeah. we haven't had one hater yet. Honestly, we've been active for a year and a half um, over a year and a half probably now. But like, it's just it's amazing. And uh, here we are. We're talking to you, you know, and I mean, I just it's like we get to meet people like you and it's just it's craziness, man. Um, I mean, how else will we be talking to you right now? I mean, we're kids from, you know, I'm in New York. Granted, he's in California near you. So maybe you would run into each other at a store. But how would he Probably. know you're fucking who you are? Yeah, right. In-depth conversations about this book that you've created about your life, like it's just. Well, I'd see the hat and I'd recognize him. Yeah, <laughs> you're that guy. I, I wait a minute. I heard Jesse doesn't like to wait in line at the store. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if I if I don't have to, no. why the you hell? Could, you could I? be the guy that's telling him, fuck you. You could be that guy. <laughs> yeah, like oh, fuck you. That'd be weird if that thing I turned into one of our listeners. One See, day. this is how parallels work, man. Different universe that happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know we decided to start doing this and just kind of putting it out there to see what would happen, and we just kind of said yes to to an idea. Mm. Is is I guess where it all kind of started from yeah. the seed it started from, yeah. And being passionate about it—that's the key. You know, well, we're very passionate about it, and uh, that's what drives it. Well, tell tell me if I'm wrong because you guys took a risk. Like this is a lot of time and energy oh, yeah. and risk and fears Definitely. to create something that doesn't exist that is only based around you guys, yeah. and. 
And tell me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but when you bump into someone in the grocery store, if you're, if you're taking a real risk in your life, mm-hmm. if there's a danger to you, do you really give a fuck about if you're first or second in line at the grocery store? No. Nah. Because I don't. I don't even use my car horn on the freeway. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if you get in front of me. I don't care if you cut me off as long as you don't hit me and, and hurt my little one. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll, yeah. I'll step on my brakes. I'll, I'll get us out of harm's way and go have a good life. I, I, I hope you get where you're going. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a road rage feud with you in traffic or at the grocery store because I don't give a fuck. I don't, mm-hmm. it, I have, I have enough real problems. If I face death at my job every day, which yeah. I kind of do. Do I really give a shit if you get to the counter before me at, at the grocery store? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you can argue point. that that's a good point, like uh, to where people that have unsatisfying lives, they just don't have enough going on to where like it's these things that instigate that bit of adrenaline that becomes like a drug to them, you know? So it's like, yeah, fuck you, man, fuck you, and they really get behind it. They yeah, dig, true. Dig into that fuck. You know, <laughs> just start something. They're like, I hope he, I hope he fucking says something bad. <laughs> yeah, right. You no, know? they're like, just wishing for a chance to get an adrenaline. They're rush, getting like. a good feeling from that. That's why they're doing that. They're not just doing that because they're like it's bad. They're doing it because they're like getting something. You know, it's it's crazy. It's anger fed by dopamine, and they don't get it anywhere else. They don't get that adrenaline of you know being a creator. Like I, they I don't find that get it anywhere things, else. You know, creating things they, for me, it gives me an adrenaline rush. Like yeah, I love right. producing content we put on fucking eye of the tiger before a live stream oh my god yeah <laughs> we literally do it's not like even getting a joke. pumped up yeah that maybe kenny Lo- kenny Loggins. yes uh, danger, danger zone. zone yeah <laughs> yeah so so there there it's it's almost like you're exercising a muscle that a lot of people think about doing it, with whatever gifts they have they think about doing it and they never do it mm. and they get stuck doing something else and so not only are they unhappy and unfulfilled, but yeah, they're they're definitely looking for a fight. I mean, that's that's why changing lanes uh, in California is so dangerous because so many yeah. people aren't really living to their full potential. So you, you know, you cutting them off in traffic is an act of war. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, now I'm sure uh, Calif- stuck in California traffic isn't your favorite place to be. Um, but where is your favorite place that you've been? I'm interested to know, cause you've been to a lot of different places around the globe. Oh, we were doing good. Damn it. Oh, there we go. Okay. I, I, I lost that whole question. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was saying, I'm sure uh, being stuck in LA traffic is not your favorite place to be. Um, but you've been to a lot of really cool places. So I was wondering like, where was the favorite place that you've traveled to? My, my favorite place that I've traveled to is my house. Ah, ah. Well, um, I've been all around the world and my, not to, not to frighten the general, public but i will tell you this if, if i'm killed tomorrow in a helicopter my ghost will be at my house <laughs> I, i'm so happy there it, it's such a mad it's such a magical part of who i am um that uh i 
I just love spending every second I can at home. People always tell me, where do you go for vacation or where do you want to go? I've never been on a vacation. If, if I'm not working and I come home, I just want to take my little one and go to my house in the mountains because yep. that for me is my happy place. There's mm. no other place I'd rather be. And I've heard you describe I'm, the... I'm glad people get to see... I, I heard you describe it. It, people it get sounds to see beautiful. One and a little bit about Sky Force. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's magical. And, and when, I, when I bought my house there, I wasn't looking for a house. Um, it just sort of came to me. Yeah. It was, was given to me in, in a way, in an unexpected way. And, I, and so now here I am living on top of a mountain overlooking the city of Los Angeles. And although we're in a desert, we're in the Mojave Desert, um, Southern California is a desert. That's why the weather is so nice. It never rains. Mm-hmm. Everyone lives there. But the downside is it's a desert. You know, nothing yeah. grows in the summertime, except at my house, where it rains and snows, and we we have clouds that form around the house and water the trees and grass. It's so and cool. <laughs> some some winters we get more snow than Michigan, even though we're in the Mojave Desert. And yeah, one of the pictures of in your book there is- at the house from some snow banks up on the side of the driveway there. Yeah. 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 The, the day that picture was taken, it was 85 degrees and sunny in downtown <laughs> Los Angeles. Wow. And we had three feet of snow at my house and, and you can see the city of Los Angeles from my house. How far of a drive um, is that? And so one day I was at cloud. It's an hour and a half from downtown. Wow. So that's wow. Far downtown for that kind of snow. Wow. That's fantastic. That far. And a, a friend of mine came to visit me and he said something that took my breath away. <laughs> and he said, you described this place to me word for word 10 years ago. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't even know that a place like this existed. And he goes, no, you 10 years ago, you told me where you wanted to be and you described it to the inch. And I, I thought about it. And then I remembered that, that he and I were down in the city where it's all graffiti and razor wire <laughs> traffic and road rage uh, car car pollution and, and we were just yeah we were having a you know normal conversation of hey where do you want to be in 10 years and so he told me where he wanted to be and i i described this surrealist magical existence in a in a mystical realm you know just just like my my pea brain imagination just, just thinking like where, you know, if there were no limits, if there were no rules, where would I want to be? How would I want to live? Mm-hmm. And I, I literally described my, my life and my house today in Sky Forest, California. That's amazing. Yeah, that's wild, man. And just how the house came to you, like how you found it, like you, you described this in the book, you know, that you just stumbled across it online and you almost didn't get it the whole scheme with the the real estate agent was really sketchy too well here's the deal i i looked for real estate in los angeles for years and um as my little one was on the way and we were looking for a place to live for years i i searched los angeles for a decent home and i didn't find a decent home what i found was and this is no exaggeration what i found was a crack house Ooh. in torrents for a, a half million dollars jesus christ Jeez. probably needs a hundred grand worth of work right probably more oh, it, 
it may never be safe, but yeah, just to make it habitable, it needed by a hundred grand. And, mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't afford that. So I was just kind of stuck, you know, just looking for some way that, that we could live a decent life in this really expensive city. And, uh, I found this listing on the internet called a real estate agent up in this town, in the mountains. And I told him about it and he laughed at me on the phone and he goes, what did you find this on the internet? <laughs> and I did find it on the internet. I go, okay, fine. I go, you just show me some houses you want me to see up in the mountains and whatever. Mm -hmm. I got to his office the next day and he, he had this weird look on his face and he goes, you know what? That house is for sale. I had to research it. And he, he drove me over there. We get to the address and he slams on the brake and he grabs the papers and he looks at it and he goes, looks at the house and he looks at the papers. <laughs> it's, it's like he's trying to see where they made a mistake. How do they screw up in writing yeah, right. these papers? It's like, so oh, wait, this is only for half the house. Mission to zero. Hold on. We got to move the decimal. But his <laughs> he, just, he just sat there in silence looking at the house, looking at his papers. And then he finally says, they're selling this house for that much? And he couldn't believe it. And we walked in to the house. And uh, I took one look at the place. And I said, okay, let's go back to your office. Uh, I want to write an offer. And he goes, oh, no, no, Dave. No, I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, this is a foreclosure it's it's a friday the bank isn't going to do business on the weekends they're just going to take your offer and use it to get bigger offers you know and uh and i said no let, let's go and so i i i took his sales contract and i put a line through every single page and i initialed it and basically what what this the real estate agents in california all use the same contract to, to buy a house and what it says is that you're going to offer to pay a price except if, and then there's 38 different reasons why you can get out of the sale and get your deposit back. Okay. If it has termites, if the roof is leaking, if, if the plumbing's no good, uh, if there's a nuclear waste on the property or uh, who knows what. There's, there's a clause that says if you're just in a bad mood and don't know what you were thinking and now you don't yeah. want the house, you can still get out of the- I do that all the time, your you know? Back. And, <laughs> I was um, in a weird mood that day. I, yeah, I, I just bought that. five and so houses. I, I scratched all of that out, and I signed it at the bottom, which basically said I was going to pay full price, no matter what, bar none. And in spite of what he had said, I'm sure he's right about foreclosures and banks. In spite of what he said, the bank called on Saturday and said, "Okay, green light. We're we're going to sell this house to you." Nice and. Uh, and, uh, and so it, it, it's, um, it, it is, that's how I learned, you know, about where my favorite place on earth is. Um, I didn't know that there was a town ca called Sky Forest. It looks like something out of a movie. Like if you watch uh, a movie uh, like um, Edward Scissorhands, okay. this neighborhood of cookie cutter houses, but up above in the top of this mountain, there's this crazy magical realm where there's a castle. And there's snow, and uh, <laughs> and that's that's pretty much how my house is in real life. That's crazy. And, um, and so I I never being sitting in LA traffic for two hours, which we sometimes do, doesn't bother me a bit because at the end of that two hours, I'm going to turn on to River the World Highway, which has no traffic on it, and which takes <laughs> me up to this magical realm. 
above nice. all the little houses. Yep. And, um, and it just takes me to my happy place. And it, and it really is just this spectacular, magical, mystical realm. And, uh, and then as we get into book two, you'll learn what happens when a bunch of bad guys in an organized crime ring try to take over a place like that. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Sounds man. like a place worth defending, though. Yeah. It was for me. Now, you have, you have a documentary that has been worked on, correct? Yeah, we, we filmed a documentary. Let me back up. So in 2013, my town was taken over by an organized crime ring. And I fought with them for years. Uh, at first, my neighbors were behind me. But as one by one, they were threatened either to be, be murdered or have their businesses ruined. Um, they backed down. And so now I was the only guy left in town still fighting with them. A friend of mine said, well, Dave, you should make a documentary. And at that moment, that is the last thing that I wanted to do. But I always <laughs> take advice. I always take advice, even when it kills me. So I, I borrowed money. I bought a camera. And I started filming. And within three months, we found a body hidden behind their building. On wow. Camera. The, the documentary about the crime ring and the corruption and the just crazy ugliness that they brought into this beautiful, magical place, this charming little town, has all been filmed. And it was supposed to be on television four years ago. The bad guys threatened lawsuits and the Hollywood production company uh, backed away from the story. And so I still own all the footage. Okay. Uh, and I learned in the process of that, that you can't trust a big corporation to tell the truth mm. because they don't give a damn about the truth. They just want their money. And if someone threatens their money, which is what a lawsuit is, mm. they will back, back off of it quicker than, than you can uh, uh, think of what's happening. And so I said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do this myself. So I wrote the books and I am self-publishing. And, you know, people say you can't fight City Hall and, you know, you'd be nuts to take on organized crime. But I will tell you this, if you have the balls to tell the truth and to stand up and to document what they're doing, which in this case was at a school bus stop in my town, um, and you can self-publish a book on Amazon and enough people get together, read the story, share it, talk about it. Uh, it becomes it can become impossible for the bad guys to touch you because they will know that if anything happens to me, too many people will know what happened and why. And yeah. Is, yeah, is yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you needed too clear of a picture. So it's a backwards thing. You know, yes, organized crime, they can murder you and hide the body. And yes, the corrupt politicians will make sure that no one investigates what happened to you. But it's a backwards sort of thing. It's like if you stand your ground and you fight them publicly, you can very quickly become well known enough that they're afraid to touch you. And so that's what I'm going for is, is for enough people to read my books and share the story and talk about it so that when push comes to shove, when the second book comes out and I name names of who did what at the school bus stop, um, you know, me and my family will be protected by so many people getting involved. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's super important. 
you know, I know you say that you, you can be thick headed and rush into things, but like, remember your safety is also important too. Um, along with the safety of your town. Well, that's, that's the only safety I have really is, is just, um, is just the idea of sharing the story and telling the truth about it and getting enough good people involved Mm -hmm. so that you, you can't just murder me and, and hide my body. Get away Uh, with it. Too, too many people will go, Hey, wait a minute. What happened to Dave Arnold? And, uh, We'll, and, uh, we'll try our best to keep sharing so that that yeah, definitely does not happen. We want, yeah. we want you around for a long time. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's, that's where this series of books is headed. And now, you know, it's not just helicopter stories. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's exciting. All of it. All of it I, I, I've got to say, I never saw it coming the way you bring that in from the book. You're just like, wow, it's a crazy audio, autobiography. And just like, then all of a sudden you're just like, holy shit. Now I'm counting down the days to Labor Day when book two drops. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna need a lot of help to get the word out because I I don't have a media company behind me. No, none of the media companies. I talked to all the news networks, had hours of meetings, you know, with big TV networks. None of them have the balls to tell this story. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. I mean. It's just, uh, it seems to be that's the only way to crack anything like this today is to go through, you know, the self-publishing method and really get among the people, the citizens to really bring it, bring out the news of it, you know? Because if enough people are sharing it, you know, then it becomes undeniable. You yeah. Know? And you can't go after all the people. I mean, of course, the big industry is worried about, you know, liability with all the lawyers and all that bullshit. But, uh, you know, the everyday Joe isn't worried about a lawyer knocking on his door to spread the story, you know, of this crazy corruption he heard from this helicopter camera guy, you know, <laughs> that happened to stumble across it. Yeah, too too many people can think of e- every reason not mm. to do the right thing. True. And that's yeah. that's where I think we get ourselves in trouble as humans. Mm-hmm. Is it's not by facing danger. I think we're we're built to face danger. We're made for adventure. Mm. What we're not made for is hiding and cowering while innocents are harmed you know by bad guys that's that's not what we're built for and so um i think there is there is an inherent sense of justice uh, like within all of us i think Mm. as humans i think the well yeah i think so and i think that the fight that is coming over my town is one that needs to be had Definitely. Well, you have the backer, uh, the backing of the American slackers. Yeah. That's Whoa! Sure. <laughs> Holy shit! Definitely slackers <laughs> are behind you. We sound, like, sure we sound like a street gang. Like we're gonna come yeah, out right. like the warriors. Like <laughs> warriors, come out and play. Cling, 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 cling. <laughs> but is, no, yeah, we'll be sure to share everything else uh, or yeah. everything about the book as it as it drops and and the documentary if it ends up being released and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's when, coming. Whenever that comes out. I have, I have so many times in my life where I, I can't tell you how I'm going to get there or how it's going to be done, but this is one of those times where I can tell you with absolute certainty it's coming. Nice. And, uh, and this is a grassroots project, so mm. that's how it's coming, is, is people, I hope, are going to embrace the stories, share them, talk about them, create an interest and awareness, and just sort of push the authorities and the news networks to get on board and do the right thing so that not only is my school bus stop made safe, 
but that every school bus stop in America is made safe so that this can never happen again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, it was actually just diving into it, was uh, the scandal involving children at all, or was it like unrelated and it just happened to be incurring your children? Well, and, and by the way, I may lose, lose you guys just because my battery's okay to, to fail. Um, but this, this, was, um, this was an illegal business that was put, uh, as the sheriff confided in me one day, he said the entire company was run by criminals. And it was oh, wow. put at the school bus stop. And when we challenged the authorities on what in the hell they were doing at the school bus stop, that's when the lying started. And it, was, oh. it wasn't hard to figure out. Um, even I could put the, the math together that this was an illegal business. It was unsafe. It never should have been allowed near school children. There's a there's a 800 page stack of of laws in San Bernardino County that say that this can never be done in the, in the presence of school children, and that's obvious. And everyone knew it, but the bad guys wanted to make their illegal money, and they probably thought that because there's only 87 people that live in my little town above Los Angeles, that hey. You know, what are they going to do? Vote us out of office? You know, I, I think that's why they talk themselves into doing this, all this illegal activity at a school bus stop. Wow. Crazy. I'm looking forward to more details yeah. in that book. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't Thank wait you guys. This. Um, I, well, I, I love guess, seeing you. I love yeah. seeing you on this. this is awesome. I know. We got a nice face to face for yeah, once yeah, instead yeah. of just Instagram. Yeah. Check out that page. Well, you you, get the video. <laughs> You know, because I, I watch your Instagram live video. I love watching you guys. And it's so cool to be on with you and talking. I just, I can't believe <laughs> it. It's so awesome. Ah, yeah, this is cool. fantastic. And yeah. but I, I know your uh, battery is getting a little low. Did you want to throw out some of your uh, plugs and uh, your book names, sure. social media, that kind of stuff? Thank you very much. The book is Help From Above. It's on Amazon. If you search for those words, Help From Above, you will find it'll be the first or second listing. Uh, you can look up my website, davidallenarnold.com, and that's A-L-A-N. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, just started Pinterest. I'm on YouTube. <laughs> you search for my name, David Allen Arnold, A-L-A-N. Uh, you'll, find, uh, you'll find me, and you can start to see some pictures and video and stories of the, the stuff that's in the book. Awesome. Awesome. Doing some crafts on Pinterest? What are you doing over there? <laughs> you know, I, I'm learning that Pinterest is, is a cool thing because it's it's more open than some of the other social media. And so yeah. more people will see your postings where oh. you know Facebook may only allow certain people to see a post unless you pay for it to be promoted. Boost, uh, yep, but yeah. Pinterest is more open where they'll just let anyone look at stuff and therefore you're, you're, you have more reach. Oh, cool. This just in. Get out American Slacker podcast on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> no. Brand new. <laughs> Brand new. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we'll have to check that out. I'm curious about this. God bless you guys. Hey, I'm, I'm such a on. fan of your show. I'm such a fan of your show. I, I just, that's, uh, it may sound weird, but I get my news of the world from, from American Slacker <laughs> well, Podcast. I don't know if that's the safest way to get the news, but we appreciate it. I was going to say, now knowing that, we're just going to have to step it up that much more. Yeah, true. <laughs> we'll stand behind it. All right, let's get our plugs out of the way. Real quick, if you guys want to check us out, get at us on Facebook, American Slacker Podcast. You'll find the American Slackers group there where you can chime in with a bunch of slackers just like you. Also, stop by the Instagram, American Slacker Podcast, and the website, AmericanSlackerPodcast.com slash ASP 
aspodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Reddit at AMERSLKR Podcast. All of our stuff is on YouTube. Please drop a five-star review on Instagram for us. And also, uh, damn it, I was going to say thank you for anyone watching Instagram Live, but we're not on Instagram Live. <laughs> when we are. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email, AmericanSlackerPodcast at gmail.com. And also check out the Spotify playlist where we have all the artists we feature on the show and some we've had on the show. You can also become a Patreon sponsor over at our Patreon page and visit our shop, AmericanSlackerPodcast.BigCartel.com. And don't forget to check us out on our personal shiz. You can get at me on Instagram at MWG Media, and my gamer tag is G from HP. And I'm on all that shit at Landers the Plane. All righty. David, thank you so much for coming on, man. We're huge fans. We love everything you do. Check out his Instagram especially. I mean, this guy's always up to something, putting something crazy on there, let alone... When he's not producing books and crazy documentaries, bringing down <laughs> crime racketeering scheme. Playing Batman. <laughs> Mr. James Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you man. so much. No, thank Matt you. Matt and Jesse, thank you very much. This is just, such an honor to be on your show. Thank you for yeah. everything. Thank you, brother. Anytime. And, uh, you're welcome back. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We love each and every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go.